0: Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, may I have your attention please? Are you ready to engage in a mind-blowing experience and hear talks about life, technology, entertainment and business? The next episode of hip talks starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go! Hi everyone, Zoltan here. We're back again this week at Talks. Today we are diving into fintech again, uh, which is one of our favorite topics besides the blockchain and the gaming industry. So I have here today uh, Lev Bass, Chief Business Development Officer and Co-Founder of Huntly. Hi Lev, nice to have you here. Hey Zoltan, it's a pleasure to be here. It's nice to see you as always. Yeah, we, 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 we met Lev at our conference in Riga in May last month. So uh, just to give a short introduction so the audience know who Lev is, Lev, th- the best thing is to say it in your own words. Say a few words about yourself and your company.
1: Yeah, so I'm a co-founder of Huntly. Huntly is a live uh, transaction monitoring proper mention prevention uh, tool that is uh, frequently used by banks by financial service providers, by gambling and betting industry and crypto uh, to fight both fraud and comply with um, international IML CFT regulations.
0: All right, so uh, yeah, I I know your bio, I read it. uh, And uh, I, I just want to ask you if you can share a bit about your background and how you came to specialize in fraud prevention and regulatory compliance, and and particularly in the sectors like banks, PSPs, fintechs, and online gambling. Yeah,
1: so I worked in compliance for quite a while, and, uh, but my focus came around like fraud and fraud prevention and everything in relation to that very intensely during COVID where the actual amount of fraud cases that were both reported and noticed quadrupled over over half, like first half a year of COVID, where everybody was in the lockdown, and it became worse, like half on half throughout the COVID, and this is where sort of also my friends and family members became victims of those those fraud cases and became apparent that something needs to be done that there is whatever is currently is offered by the industry is not enough. So sort of me I I understood that it's um uh, it's something that needs to be addressed and this is something that uh, we are doing quite actively right now yeah it's crazy
0: how the amount of uh, cyber security threats have increased during the pandemic and and yeah, we we had uh, been talking to many uh, uh, experts who are experts in cybersecurity, and, and yeah, most of them were saying that it's because of the people that moved to their home and started using their Wi-Fi, which was not secure, <laughs> and logging into the servers and stuff like that. Yeah. So,
1: um, so in regards to this, this is actually a very really interesting thing. The industry that, did like when the COVID lockdown happened and we couldn't go like anywhere at all, the industry that digitalized the fastest was actually fraud. So whoever yeah. hustled on the street at that time could not no longer be there, and there is like no tourists to scam in larger cities. People just like, they digitalized, they moved their schemes and frauds and stealing online which yep. is like, sad and hilarious at both times. <laughs>
0: All right. So from your perspective, what are some of the most pressing fraud-related challenges these uh, banks and PSPs, fiat, uh, fintech uh, companies are
1: facing? I mean, uh, there are, the fraud is ever-evolving and they, there are new schemes uh, used and discovered almost every month so the main challenge for for those larger organizations who have like their internal policies and guidelines and approaches that when and when they need amendment it kind of takes a long way to adopt so an ability for for any financial institution or fintech or even gambling and betting industry to quickly adopt to fraud is currently the main challenge so the systems that are offered right now to deal with those and uh, again guidelines and regulations that are in place they are not flexible at all all right so so could you maybe
0: shed light on the specific tools or tactics you utilize in your work to tackle fraud and, and and also ensure compliance
1: sure yeah i mean it's It's important for me to be careful here, not to, you know... um, Of course. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Come into hoots with with any of our competition or partners in this regard. But the general approach would be for a financial service provider to have uh, four or five different systems that tackle separate issues around fraud prevention, IML, CFT compliance, responsible gambling, if we're talking about uh, gambling and betting industry, as well as, for example, compliance with newly introduced micro-regulation by European Union. So there would be a multitude of systems that are being used and those systems, well, they rarely work well together and they are usually fixed around like certain departments those departments communication interdepartment communications is lacking already but department to department like they re- rarely communicate with one another so the information sharing is definitely scarce and this actually could be solved quite easily with a system that would unify and allow certain level of orchestration of those um uh, uh, of those uh, separate systems yeah so but then all the departments that are involved in fraud prevention IML safety compliance and whatnot should also be allowed to work together intermingle so there should be no competition in this sense while there is right now all right.
0: So, yeah, I was always thinking
1: how uh, why is that
0: people, they these guys who hatch up these fraud schemes are always so creative? So basically, they if they apply the same energy, to their legitimate job, they most probably become a CEO or something. Like what they, <laughs> they are saying, I could be successful, but, uh, but where's the fun in that? So I must pretend to be a Nigerian prince or yeah. something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's uh it's mostly around the current uh current hustle culture that is in place that is highly promoted by all those influencers who you yeah. know n- rarely work with legitimately in their lives and uh they try, so they promote this hustle culture. Well, you need to get rich very fast, as quick as possible. Nobody really understands that there are consequences to that kind of behavior, and those consequences catch up with almost everybody who do that.
0: All right. So you are also uh, you are also touching based on responsible gaming practices, and and want to check if. Uh, how does the adoption of responsible gaming practices relate to your work and uh, fraud prevention and and maybe can you give some specific examples about it
1: sure so responsible gambling is uh, uh not as much uh connected to fraud as for example yeah. iml violations however there are still fraud that are happening around it. so People who are so the main threat comes from people who are um like unfortunate enough to fall addicted to to gambling and this is like very important to to the industry to sort of help those people. However, sometimes they it's hard for them to help themselves, meaning that they would uh they would for example ask their friends and family members to register for them and they would use profiles on their behalf so that would constitute to some sort of uh, identity fraud and could uh, is uh, could actually bring people who utilize those schemes into even bigger problems that they are right now uh when they sort of cannot um cannot abstain from uh from gambling and betting um yeah this is more like interpersonal issue people who are not able to seek help we like as a tech provider uh have solutions to sort of identify those people but it's uh it's on gambling industries uh shoulders to approach to those people with like more respect i believe
0: yeah and, and yeah either way the uh as we talked about earlier with the uh digitalization and people moving their activities online the online gambling industry has also been doing uh substantial changes uh when, when it means to increase digitalization and regulation and how do these changes impact your working compliance and fraud detection
1: mm-hmm. so with like more and more companies going online in gambling and betting industry as well um and even people preferring like online, if we're talking about online gambling specifically, is people are preferring to do it online using their mobile devices and whatnot. Yeah. It actually brings more people and more need to monitor their activity. So at some point it's hard, it becomes harder and harder to do it with existing resources. So new technology needs to be developed that brings new capabilities to uh, to compliance departments, to investigation departments, to risk departments who work with uh, with the end user data semi automatically right now. So more automation is needed for that system. That that obviously creates huge opportunities for us, and uh, I think with benefits that we already brought uh, to the industry, kind of. Proves proves my point. All right.
0: So, uh, can you also share how transaction monitoring tools such as your company uh, can uh, aid uh, and help in both fraud prevention and promoting responsible gaming practices?
1: I mean, sure. So, for us, in in gaming industry specifically, we like to see not only as transaction monitoring per se, more like. Event monitoring and behavior analytics because the system that we build is like so flexible at this point that we can monitor specific button presses, filling in of mm-hmm. certain fields, participation in certain games, uh amounts of time spent there, how much money people spend on certain games, how much they win, how much they lose. And we can automate acquiring of that information processing of that information and then whenever for example a certain individual is playing too much we can show them relative alerts that hey like maybe it's time for you to like maybe chill out bit, go get some water and uh, return later so exactly. something something along those lines
0: all right so uh yeah as, as we talk, talked earlier about ever evolving fraudulent tactics so how do you stay ahead of the these evolving uh, fraudulent tactics and, tactics and ensure that uh, your strategies still remain effective?
1: Yeah, so most of our inspiration we get from our clients, meaning that we work with them directly. We have an open direct communication channel with them. It's not in any way in ticket format. There is always a support manager that is uh, connected to a certain client. Me, myself, like Mitchell or Sergey could participate ourselves as well because we're very curious at this point in time to sort of look at those themes and how they could be battled. So we communicate with clients directly. We figure out the way that we can address those issues directly with the client. And the flexibility of the system right now is quite impressive. So we can adopt those uh, new schemes that are happening right away the same day that we, we notice them.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear. And yeah, as, as the trend goes with the hustle generation, so does the uh, expansion of companies because everybody wants to have a global reach nowadays. And as, as the online gaming platforms do, uh, so do the fintechs. Uh, they also have an increasing uh, time to go uh, global. So how do you manage the complexity of complying with different regulatory landscape because that's that's something very hard to do, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, that's that's a good question. So and also a pretty pretty common misconception to some extent. Uh, most of our regulations are built upon, well, first and foremost, common sense. But second of all, there is uh, international organizations that recommend certain actions, like, for example, thought or for European Union, that would be like centralized European Commission. Yeah. And but for so for each individual country or for each individual regions, those uh, approaches are not so distant from the common sense. And from the recommendations provided by those organizations. So if we are able to create a process that complies with overall common sense, then after, so once it's being applied to a specific region or a specific country, it's just a matter of tweaking like certain or fine tuning certain like smaller issues than like dealing with the system as a whole
0: all right so next up is a digital transformation which is something that's trending all around europe i don't know how your country is doing but my country is doing nothing about it they're just (laughs) saying that they are doing so how do you see the future of uh, fraud detection and regulatory compliance in these industries uh, especially in the light of the ongoing developments in technology and the digital transformation that I mentioned
1: mm-hmm. so I uh, in terms of in terms of like individual countries I believe it's our goal as entrepreneurs and business owners to provide like valuable insight of how like certain issues could be addressed um people as far as our experience with working with regulator goes uh they're very attentive and they would be very appreciative towards accepting recommendations and uh, best case practices uh, when, when, when they're being shared. I saw like, a lot of companies uh, battling with Regulator when it, Regulator tries to introduce new requirements or new features. It's not really the right approach, I believe. So no. it could land you in hot water and it's always nice to be like friends with those uh, regulators and provide valuable insight and then actually battle with them. But uh, to, to the second part of your question, uh, for us, uh, like anything that sort of changes uh, is good because we're happy with the adaptability and flexibility of uh, our approaches that we promote to our clients. So yeah, yeah
0: all right. So uh, AI, we must touch base on AI. Uh-huh. of course. there's no there's no talk uh, if we're not talking about AI. So what role do you see AI or machine learning playing in the enhancement of fraud detection and prevention? especially in these sectors.
1: So in light of recent uh, recently published European Union's uh, AI Act it's really a bit early to comment um yeah. on it but some critical issues already popped up there is specifically that you cannot refuse person um you cannot refuse person a service based on their score that they receive using the AI technology. So AI could not do, you know, the China thing. Yeah, that's exactly. It's commonly referred to. So we cannot do social scoring using AI. And this is actually a good thing because uh, whenever, whenever talks of AI pop up, it always feels like it's a black box that nobody really controls and there is little to no accountability. And we as a company are really supporting this uh, measures introduced by European Union to bring more responsibility and more accountability towards AI technology. And uh, it's important not to sort of make it the into like the social scoring system where people who behave badly, gamble badly, uh, are labeled as the, the fraudsters whenever like it's yeah. not a proven thing. And uh, yeah, we are indeed are supporting like free market and free access to the market. There are different, There are other different ways to battle fraud uh, so we would rather focus on those than um, jumping uh, like blindly would jump on this AI ML wagon. All right. So- uh, we are sort of so in uh, we uh, we ourselves are working closely with um, AI like leaders in AI and ML in this in this sphere as well as in fintech sphere to figure out the way how to properly adopt AI technology into fraud prevention. But uh, with new regulations that just came in, it, we need to be careful, again, not to make it a China thing.
0: Exactly. So case study, uh, maybe could you share some case where you your intervention has made a significant impact on a company's fraud prevention measures or uh, regulatory compliance uh, problems?
1: Uh, sure. So um, I I must be very careful here not to yeah, like, of course. <laughs> indicate like specific clients. So I try to be as vague as possible. I apologize for that in advance. But generally, so we saw this uh, like one specific, the case that I can talk about is with one specific client that uh, they just launched their operations. They were very optimistic in terms of their growth strategies. And what started happening after they just have launched is that they actually started growing beyond their wildest expectations so they were onboarding (laughs) like thousands of users a week they were very happy but then they know like our system started flagging those users as bots based on based on their specific behavior uh like for example as you and me, as we know, it's very common for a user to fill in all the fields in 20 milliseconds, like exactly Second, 20 milliseconds yeah. <laughs> <The> seconds. <laughs> so, yeah, our client came to, to us with like shock, like why, why our system is blocking so many users. And this is where we showed like specific uh, part of our system that tracks all that activity and highlights it, it as fraudulent. And... As this thing was developed, those users were also were able to deposit uh, a lot of money, and because our system started blocking them, they wouldn't be able to withdraw that money from the system. So essentially, we stopped. Uh, uh, we stopped about. million euros of illicitly gained funds accumulated by bots in the system nice (laughs) right away in like just span of a few days that the scheme was happening so at some point uh frosters that attacked this particular client they like understood that and they like stopped engaging immediately so and the client came saw the real picture afterwards. Wow, crazy.
0: So, as a closing question, uh, I would like to ask for your advice uh, that you would give to companies in these sectors on how to keep their systems secure and comply with the ever-evolving regulations.
1: Yeah, hashtag not legal advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, uh, it's very nice to be open to new technologies that are coming in. Uh, the it's in regards to like fraud and technological development. It's an all it's always an uphill, ongoing battle between who can outsmart who and who can deliver better solutions. In the end of the day, but uh, the main the main advice that I would give is just to be open to new technologies and what they can bring to the table, uh, be like mentally flexible to adopt new approaches as well, because uh, in the end of the day, the goal here is to make uh, clients, I mean, the end users uh, happy and uh, yet uh, stopping, uh, stopping frauds or dead in their tracks. Uh, from from accessing systems, abusing systems, abusing clients as well, because uh, they also fall victims to, to that too. And uh, yeah, just be open and sort of be mentally flexible and always keep searching for those uh, new approaches that are popping up almost each and every month.
0: All right. I, I also have to warn people about the fact that there's a a scheme going on on social media where they are advertising Google BART AI. Uh, oh no! Where you can, yeah, where you you need to sign up and pay like fifty euros per month uh, to use it. It's not. It's not the Seriously? actual thing. Yeah, exactly. I just saw it yesterday. It's crazy, and it has a lot of engagement on it. So, <laughs> All yeah. Right, so.
1: So with those, that's that's very interesting because a lot of what we see as well is around like the weakest link in any fraud scheme is always the, the individual who falls victim to it. It could be inside an organization or it could be just yeah. the end user of a platform. So there are some like common sense that could be applied when uh, engaging with any um, fraudulent Activity online is like you don't. One of the most frequent ones is that you don't press links that look suspicious. Yeah. So anything that doesn't look like affiliated with Google and just have some rubbish nonsense and in in the middle is definitely a no go.
0: Yeah, it's actually a URL which includes Google AI Bard stuff like that. So yeah. It's- <laughs> it's even the logo and everything so lev thank you so much for your time uh it has been great uh if you like to say some parting words to the audience you are my guest
1: <laughs> no i think i said like quite quite enough today thank you very
0: much <laughs> all right and thank you for our listeners for tuning in and make sure to subscribe to get notified for the next one so Thank you. Thank you for joining. Be sure to check back next week for the next Hip Talks and subscribe on Amazon Music, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, MixCloud and Pandora.